Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. My name is Mike Siegel. I'm the host of said podcast. My guest today is Tess Rafferty. Before we get to Tess, I want to tell you a few things about the website. Go to TravelTalesPodcast.com. That's where you'll find uh, articles written by me and some of the other guests. Uh, you'll find photos of the guests, and you will find links to all our social media. And that is, of course, Twitter. Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. Follow us there. Instagram, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram. There's links to our Facebook page, Travel Tales Podcast on Facebook. There's a link to Stitcher Radio where you can subscribe. And of course, to iTunes where you can also subscribe. And it's free. And if you're on iTunes, please give us a good rating. That helps people find the show, boosts our presence there. And that's always a good thing. If you want to write me, it's Travel Tales Podcast at gmail.com. That's Travel Tales Podcast at gmail.com. On the travel front, if there are travel media types listening out there, I will be promoting the Best of Taste Taiwan, I believe it's called now, the special that I shot in Taiwan in November. Uh, I'm going to be around the country promoting it, and I say around the country, really four different places. Uh, April 12th in L.A. I don't have the exact location yet, but it will be April 12th in L.A. It will be April 14th in beautiful Vancouver, Canada. Can't wait to get back up to Vancouver. On April 19th, the following Tuesday, I will be in New York City. New York City! That's right, New York City. I'll be out there, and I'm uh, thinking of staying the weekend, going straight from Vancouver to New York, because why not? Why wouldn't I stretch a New York trip, at least for a long weekend? And then finally, April 21st in Houston. And uh, I will give you all the locations uh, when they come up. And when I get that information, I will pass it on to you. But any uh, media types, I believe it will be open to all uh, travel media. And I'll let you know where you can uh, see me. We'll be doing a presentation showing the special and probably laying out a nice spread of food. There'll be representatives from the Taiwan Tourism Board. There'll be me answering questions and probably passing most of those questions on to the good people at the Taiwan Tourism Board. Either way, it'll be fun, so stay tuned for future episodes where I tell you the exact locales. But those are the dates. April 12th, L.A., April 14th, Vancouver, 19th, New York, and 21st in Houston. All right, let's get to Tess. Tess was one of our first guests here at the Travel Tales podcast. Way back, I think in 2011, she was on the show talking about her favorite place in the world, which is Italy. And she started her own blog where she talks about all her favorite places to go in Italy because she was tired of people asking her, where should we go? And she had the good sense to write it all down. And people can just go to the site and see where she recommends. She's a successful TV writer, and you can tell she's a great writer when you go to her blog. She not only talks about travel on her blog, she talks about uh, everything under the sun. 
And uh, I think you'll enjoy it. If you like good writing, go there, TessRafferty.com. I never get tired of talking about Italy. Never get tired of going to Italy. I never get tired of eating Italian food. I never get tired of talking about Italian food. You get my point. I love the place, but no one loves it more than Tess. And so if you're considering a trip to Italy or if you ever wanted to go, check out her boot camp posts at TessRafferty.com. And better yet, listen to her talk about it here on the Travel Tales podcast. Please enjoy my talk with Tess Rafferty. A bottle of red, a bottle of white. It all depends upon your appetite. I'll meet you anytime you want in our Italian restaurant. Tess Rafferty, hey, Mike how are Cito. you? I'm, I'm I'm wonderful here. A return guest. I know. I, I was looking. I was actually. I don't think even think I'm on iTunes. I think I, I had to look back. You were like number. You were in the first ten. I think. Oh yeah, it was like two or three. Yeah, or it was something. in 2011, I believe. It wow, was a long and it was time all ago. Italy all the time, which brings you back again. Uh, Italy, always Italy with you. It is. I can't. I'm a, we have a problem. <laughs> like we, I was writing this. I've been. I've been writing up all sort of my travel recommendations. Um, just because, and I actually talked about this in 2011, which is hilarious. Um, <laughs> people have like always asked us for, our, you know, where should we go? Where should we stay? And so we've been putting together. We finally started putting together a document, so we didn't have to like dig up links and stuff every time someone asked us. And then the document grew to be about 14 pages after this summer. <laughs> And a friend of mine was like, and in fact, you suggested this five years ago in 2011. You're like, I smell a website. <laughs> yeah. And a mere five years later, I'm actually posting it on my blog. Well, you know, you take your time. You work it slow. <laughs> ease into it. No need to rush. There's other things going on. No, uh, I know. Yeah. So, uh, but I was writing about how this one year, it was back in 2009, um, Chris, my husband, and I were planning an Italy trip, and we both had like two different itineraries. We're like, oh, should we go up north and do this, or should we go down south and do Pompeii and Amalfi and stuff? And our bright idea was that we should split our resources, and he would research one itinerary, and I'd research the other, and then we'd both come back and be like, this is what I found. <laughs> and what we both found is that we both really wanted to do the trips we researched. Um, <laughs> yeah. You didn't put all this effort to not do your trip. No, we were both totally married and behind our trips. And so we were like, well, I guess we got to go next year then. <laughs> it's like <laughs> such a like, I guess we're going back next year. Either that or split. Yeah. You make, make separate vacations. <laughs> separate vacations. And in then, in the, um, yeah. Yeah. We didn't have, because we only had a finite period of time that year. So um, yeah. So we have a problem is what I'm saying. <laughs> if there was a 12 step program, we would be in it. So that's why you had mentioned to me about this. Uh, I guess it's a, is it a separate site? It's a, it's on your blog. It's so on my it's, website, which is TessRafferty.com. Okay. Yeah. So it's part of your original website. Okay. It's it, not it's off on its own site yet. No. Or no, is it? Will be? Um, not, you know, not yet. It's just part of, uh, you know, it's under the heading is the boot camp. Right. Well, so. Since then, you are a uh, published author. Yes, I am. I, that's right. My book came out in October of 2012. Mm -hmm. um, it was called recipes for disaster <laughs> and it was published the day of an actual disaster hurricane sandy so i got a ton of press and by a ton i mean none <laughs> because turns out talking about your stories about how a runny polenta almost ruined your dinner party are a bit gauche in the wake of people dying i get it yeah, i get it the, the today show didn't want me on <laughs> didn't get the buzz you were hoping for no, they googled disaster and they saw you and then they looked a little farther and went yeah they didn't want to read about yeah. polenta damage Nah, okay. Yeah. The um. So what was okay? So that book, 
I'm the thing I we mentioned this in the 2011 show. Aside from, I know I said a, a website, but since you are in the book writing business, would you make a book out of this, or, or have you thought of setting a, a book in Italy? I'm actually working on two books right now that are both set in Italy. Um, it's in between writing this. Between I'm doing my I'm addressing my editor's notes on both drafts right now, and I'm doing this blog. And between the three things, I'm like now thinking in Italian when I just walk down the street, which is <laughs> cool and disconcerting. It makes me just want to go back really badly. <laughs> You're right. Um, but um, I I wrote a murder mystery. Um, it's basically if Chris and I went to Italy and someone got killed on one of our trips. Okay. <laughs> so I borrow heavily from real, the real world. I wrote a murder mystery that we're hoping to take out and sell next month, I guess, um, is my agent's plan, called Under the Tuscan Gun. I like it. <laughs> I see what you did there. You sure. see what I did I there? I Once you work in puns, it's like cooking <laughs> with fish. Like You never get that stench right. off you. Um, and then I wrote another book that's a middle grade book. Um, it's so ridiculous. I'm, I'm, I'm totally embarrassed to even say it out loud. No, come it's, on. It's basically if my cats got lost in Italy. <laughs> um, so this is a, like a middle grade book. You mean like teenage, like young teen? Um, younger than young adult, like probably like like third through fifth, sixth okay. grade. Like that's more like I sort of like a Charlotte's Web type age group or something. I know. I don't even have children. I don't know what business I'm doing writing a kid's But at book. one point, some guy, the guy who wrote Paddington Bears, they said, <laughs> oh, it's a bear that ends up in London. And they were like, what? Yeah. Like, should I even bother write it? Yeah, go ahead. So that's not a crazy it's, idea. It's not. And it's it's really fun. You know, there's two reasons, two things inspired it. And one is that um, like yourself, um, I'm always daydreaming about, I just want to move, you know, forget it all, move to Italy <laughs> or move to Europe. And the biggest, the biggest thing holding me back, not like my career, my family, my Your friends. asshole of a husband. No, I'm sorry. Go <laughs> no, ahead. No, like, he wouldn't even like, I'd be like, why don't you work here and I'll live in Italy and you visit a right. couple times What's a year. What's the beauty of being a writer? I mean, you can really kind of do it from anywhere. I can do it from anywhere. The thing holding me back is my cats. <laughs> I like the because I don't even want to think about how I would get them over there. Like the just the moving them from North Hollywood to Sherman Oaks traumatized them. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, um, so I always think about a like trying to move my how okay, like literally how would I do this? How can I? You realize cats are tougher than we are. I mean, they they survive everything. Not these they can cats. live in the street. They they do. <laughs> I know they do. And these were feral cats at one point, but now like they pee blood and they can't figure out oh why. God. And it's they're like, oh, it's just they're like let's let's work on reducing her stress. Well, how old are are the? No, no, they're like seven and eight, which isn't oh, old okay. for a cat. Right. Cats live to like twenty sometimes. Um, no, my, we took, we, we went, we ran every test on the cat peeing blood and finally the doctor's like, we need to talk about reducing her stress. <laughs> and I'm like, she's a cat. She... What, what's going on in that home that cats are so stressed in it? That seriously, when on my way here, um, not to talk, brag about my glamorous life, I had to drop off poop at the vet because now <laughs> one of my cats is pooping blood. And, oh my God. And they like asked me, they're like, are there any changes in the household? <laughs> Like, no, it's just started raining the other day. What are you feeding them? <laughs> they eat better than I do most okay. of the time. They get really good food. Um, Maybe they're possessed. We ruled that out. <laughs> like blood is just coming out of. Oh, that's weird. But you know, I my friends. Uh, I had a uh, I have friends who were a couple that they just moved from Venice to Hong Kong, and they have a little dog. Oh, and the process of getting the dog there was. Uh, I mean, they have like 
shots and there's like a quarantine period or some weird thing that they have to do. But uh, I saw them a few months ago when I was visiting and dog never been better. Oh, that's nice. And they're, and they're living in an apartment. You know, they went from a yard to an apartment and the dog is completely adjusted. Oh, that's good. That makes me happy because I know I know like you like sometimes, yeah, you have to quarantine the pet for six months and people are like, I can't. I can't do, you know, like, I can't do that to my animal or whatever. And then now they have this thing called a pet passport, which is like you show that you show like six months worth of test results or something right. so that you don't have to do that. I've, I've, trust me, I've looked into this. <laughs> so, um, I mean, so it's, it's mostly, so I, I've been like, okay, like, what if I always think about how could I move them here? And then, you know, when you go to Italy, there, it's lousy with cats. There's yeah, just everywhere. cats just, everywhere. And dogs and everything's just running. Yes. Everything's, yeah. you know, everywhere you go, there's cats in restaurants, cats in vineyards, there's a sanctuary for cats in like uh, large Largo Argentina and Rome where it's just like old ancient Roman ruins and cats and <laughs> there's you know calendars of cats and I was like what would it be like if they were lost here and had to navigate the Italian cats so. right. I was wondering what like Italians think of when they come to America and see um, people picking up after their dogs like <laughs> wow look at, really walking around with a bag and it's okay mm, interesting um, so getting back to the the blog Mm-hmm. I don't know what to call it. Is it a blog? Is it a yeah, blog? I guess it's it's a, it's a blog. Okay, it's a blog post. Yeah, blog there's post. a series of blog posts okay. called the Boot Camp. Yeah, the first and I think I read five of them. There's there was five of them. Is it is that it? Yeah, I, I six one just went up today. The Cinque Terre. Yeah. Okay. Or, earlier this week, rather. And uh, how did you ease people into this? Like explaining to them again. That's like people kept asking us. So I'm gonna write it down, and I can just send you here. Yeah, so I don't have to go over the same shit. The I same. Was ba- a friend of mine was like, because her mom was going, was planning a trip, and I sent her mom the the Bible as we were calling it. Right, and she's like, why don't I just put this on a website so that people ask you and you boom? And you know, we have so many great pictures. My husband's a fantastic photographer. Um, and some, you know, we got, you know, a thousand pictures on our phone and I was like, you know, that way you get to kind of see stuff and you can link to it. It really just made more sense. And I'm very clear to people like, look, these are places I liked or didn't like, and I don't even know if they're still there. Like, like, it's like, it's not, I'm not a travel guide. Do you want to pay me like they pay Rick Steves? I will go. <laughs> right. I, you know, this is just what I did while I was there. It is not everything there is to do while, while, you know, you're there. It was a nice place when I stayed there. It might not be a nice place anymore. Well, I'm realizing after, you know, years of this doing this and the travel writing and everything, the only thing you can do, every kid out there has got a blog. Anybody <laughs> who's been traveling for the last 10 years, backpacking around, they all have a blog. So all you can do is your take on it your opinion because you can't cover you can't even if you try to do this section of italy somebody's done it in every detail you know there's lonely planet guides they can yeah. get you know and and i feel like what like what i try to do too is go you know um like skip the vatican like i, I tell people like <laughs> flat out i'm like look if, if you're like super catholic or you're gonna be there for five days or it's your third time in rome or something like by all means check out the vatican but I had a shitty experience there, and you what, was might your, too. what was your main beef with the Vatican? Why do you steer people away from it? I paid. I think we paid probably like around a hundred dollars between the two of us to get some guided tour that that a friend had recommended. So there you go, right away. She, you know, but they had gone in the off season, and it was. It was supposed to, you know, you're supposed to skip the lines and everything, and that you know whatever. So. We were doing it the afternoon we landed. We landed first thing in the morning. They lost our luggage. Um, it was summer, it was end of June and you know, it's very, um, they're very strict about dress codes 
right. allegedly at the Vatican. <laughs> you cover your shoulders and, you know, yeah, women have ladies' to have their... knees or whatever. Yeah, you, yeah, mo- like no shorts on men. Women have to have their knees covered and their shoulders and stuff. And, and... then a Russian woman walks in like she's going to a nightclub, <laughs> right? <laughs> Tiny dress, like... Young Russian women dress as if any moment there's a nightclub that has to be entered. <laughs> there's, there's a vodka luge about oh, to happen. Oh, God. In like cobblestone yeah. streets and high heels. And it's hilarious. So, so not only do we not have our clothes with us, we have to go buy something to wear first thing when we land. And now we've got to find something that is suitable for the Vatican on top of it. It was just miserable. And, you know, I, I think I spent $160 on a dress because clothes, clothes are expensive in Rome and I need something to cover my knees. And I'm like, I'm never going to wear this again. I don't even like the way it looks on me. <laughs> um, but at least you have it in all your photos at the Vatican. No. You wearing a dress you hate. Me wearing a dress I hate. Um, <laughs> my, you know, so we, we show up. The guide, the female guide doesn't even have shorts that cover her knees on. I'm so angry. And nobody else does either. And, you know, we're fried. We've just landed. We're, you know, the whole thing. I remember, like, sitting on this marble, like, I was sitting on the edge of a statue or something because I was so tired and jet lagged. And the next thing you knew, I was, I was like, I was at a 45 degree angle to the ground. <laughs> like, I just totally, like, just fainted or fell asleep or passed out or something. So you have heat, exhaustion, <laughs> jet lag. And a probably a hot, uncomfortable dress. A hot, uncomfortable dress. And then the, my biggest beef was that the, the the group we used, it was so big. Like we had, um, you know, it's a big thing now. Tour guides is you have, they use a microphone and you've got some sort of headset on. Yeah. So that it's, you know, like a, like a phone. I don't know. There's a word for that, like a radio yeah. signal or something. I don't know. It's almost like a walkie-talkie, like, but she's got, yeah, she's leading in the group. And so she would get rooms ahead of the rest of us. Like and a, you're like, where is she? Was so poorly organized. She was losing <laughs> people left and right. And again, this trip came, it was $100. This, this company came recommended. And finally, I was like, I'm done. Like, I've had it. And you go in and you go into the Sistine Chapel and they tell everyone, don't talk, don't take photos and you'd think that as human beings for five minutes of our lives we could be respectful no. of something everybody's talking everybody's taking photos people are horrible you know this yeah so, you, you, yeah. so skip the vatican is my point i i don't know like my thing is like you do, here's a better walk you can still like you can you know walk through the jewish ghetto walk across to Trastevere, have lunch walk up janiculum hill or walk over to saint peter's square and see the vatican from the outside and that's a lovely day yes we actually ran into each other in uh, in Rome a couple of years ago. I know that was that was during the wasn't World the, Cup. Yeah, yeah, wasn't it the weirdest thing? <laughs> yeah, we were. Uh, yeah, I was going through because I had just come. I was going to my friend's. Uh, no, I just come meeting my friend in Sicily. And I think you were on your way to Croatia, maybe or something. Uh, yeah, I had just come from Croatia. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And you, yeah, you still haven't been. To Croatia, no, I know it's I in Sicily either. Actually, we're talking about maybe going there this. You spring. still haven't been to Sicily? No, yes. no. How dare you? I know. How? I've been to Ischia How? three times though. Yeah, <laughs> that's the problem is that you go somewhere in Italy, yeah. and you don't get to do everything you want to do, and you just want to go back. Sicily's definitely its own thing. Yeah. You know, you get it's just the food's different, the people are a little different. I mean, it's it's kind of cool. You would you would love it. I think or so. you'd find it really fascinating in the the difference between the north and the south. And I, well, I want to see the ruins for sure. And, oh, yeah. You know, I mean, they're supposed to be amazing. And, you know, I just feel like every time I go back to Tuscany, I'm like, but the food here is so good. 
Um, but I'm like, yeah, I should probably see Sicily before I go back to Tuscany for like the sixth <laughs> time. <laughs> uh, okay, so so that was kind of like your first. I know you had uh, blogged the first one. Was that the Vatican one? Um, no. The Vatican one was in Rome where I tell people to skip the Vatican. Um, yeah, I mean, like what I'm just trying to bring is like some sort of – I don't I don't know what a, a philosophy of travel, I guess, to it. Like, um, I, I talk about this one time that we were coming back from Pompeii. We were going from Pompeii to Sorrento, which is a very cheap, you know, relatively short train ride. It's half an hour. And we got to the train station and they were like, there's a strike. And in Italy, the strikes are very um, – they're very elegant affairs. They're like, the strike is going to start at noon yeah. and it'll end at two. Well, there's one weekly. <laughs> yeah. You, know, you never know. So, you know, we had about an hour and a half to the trains were going to start again. And we kind of did the math. And we're like, so the train has to start in Naples and it's going to take a while to get down here. And then that means that everybody in all those other stations are going to be trying to get on that train. We've been waiting for an hour and a half or two hours. And we were like, wow, that feels like a terrible way to spend the afternoon. <laughs> And so we're like, let's go see what a cab will cost. And a cab is $100, which is a lot of money. But we were like, eh, you know, I'd rather spend the $100 than the money I'm already spending on my trip to sit around a train station and squeezing onto a train and everything right. else. You and won't remember that 100 bucks, Like, you know. No, so you won't, you'll, you'll pay it like you pay all your bills. And you'll remember that, like, we, we got this driver who was fantastic. He was this old man and uh, drove down the wrong side of the road to try to beat traffic. Oh, and great. Took us on this route that we never would have seen from the train all along the coast with stopping and taking our pictures. And, <laughs> and by the time the trains would have started again, we were in a restaurant in Serrano eating lunch. And it right. was like, ah, that wouldn't have happened. And we'd been like, no, we have to save this $100. And so that's another thing I try to like tell people is like, look, if, if you can't get out of a situation, then roll with it and make the best of it. But, you know, if spending a little money will get you a little peace of mind. Yeah. Do you, you get know. this from, especially from the old people, um, when you're, you travel as, as a couple and they, they always have to ask you if you have children? And yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like it's not. It seems even worse in uh, when I go to Asia and things like that. If you're because everybody has and they have because people in Europe are having fewer children now, but in Asia, I mean, like in Africa, they look at you crazy. You don't have children. What's something is wrong? Like as a man as of a certain age, I should have like grandkids by yeah. now in Africa. <laughs> you know what I mean? So do you guys as a couple ever get that? I mean, do they always want to talk about that? And, I, I think so. I mean they always they always it's very ask. Catholic you know yeah it is but their and their own birth rate is so um, is so low that I think they must be used to it like I I've what I have seen in more than one restaurant is people walking with a baby and like the owners just taking the baby <laughs> and letting people eat dinner and they'll you know they'll you'll see the babies on someone's lap in the back they'll pass them, them around yeah like they feed them something <laughs> they take them into the kitchen or whatever and and the first time I saw that was at a restaurant where the people we were with knew like they were in, lived in the neighborhood. So I was like, right. Oh, well that doesn't seem, I guess they just know these people. But then I started seeing it happening at too many other restaurants where I was like, Oh, it's just must, it's like, they just love babies. Cause there's no, you know, there's no birth rate <laughs> right. there right now. So, but the same thing happens in America too. I mean, it just like, I stopped asking cause you know, there's a million reasons to have or not have kids and people get, you know, it's a pretty personal Choice and people have no qualms about you. Well, why not? Oh. So how about it's none of your business? How about that? It's. I mean, I will. I. I, I actually. This is also on my blog. Right. I. Uh, I call it the war. The war womb. Womb. <laughs> the war womb. That's right. hard to say. Um. Yeah. It's. I mean, I have to say that like 
I've gotten asked that question so many more times by people who should know better in America than yeah. I ever have in in Europe. Like it's always just maybe a polite thing, you know, when people are making conversation in Europe. They don't ask why. They just ask if we have them. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it, it's it is incredibly it's incredibly rude, and you just, like you just don't know what a person's pri- you don't know what a person's private life is like, and and to. You know, I know so many women who have struggled with fertility issues or, or lost children, and it's like just to be like, "Why don't you guys have kids?" is like such a why, why yes. is that any of your business? <laughs> I know. You know, and just, yeah, it could be the most you know painful you know thing in their lives that that that's their biggest regret, and they've it's not like they didn't try, you know. But, but why would you bring that? You know? it, it's it's I've started really... to make up stuff. You know. Oh, <laughs> cancer. Yeah, no, or I just know. like <laughs> and just shut them up. Like, oh, oh yeah. I'm sorry, and then they just move on. Well, we see, we really wanted them, and then we just, you know, couldn't do yeah, it. In prison. Yeah. Oh, sorry, sir. <laughs> it's so, um, yeah. It's it's really amazing how it's become this like, like you wouldn't ask people that personal questions about other areas of their life, <laughs> right? You know, you just wouldn't go up to a couple and be like, "Well, how often do you guys have sex?" You, know? <laughs> you still, you've know, been married a long time. What's the sex like? Why, are you still having sex? What's that? You know, you would never ask someone that, but like somehow. You know. I just didn't know if it was a, like for a woman traveling around like America <laughs> or Europe, if it was like a big difference or anything like that. No, it's it's not. It's better in Europe. Oh, really? <laughs> it's like the same way they don't ask you how much you make and what you do. Oh, that, isn't that great? Yeah. Oh, I love it. It's I Americans it. who have the problem. Clearly, yeah. this is a hot button issue for me in America. You know, and it's startling though when you go there, and and that that's the big image that we have overseas it's like within the first it's a very american thing the first minute of meeting someone asking them what they do and it just it just never comes up and you can have whole conversations over there and it never comes up no <laughs> it's i, I there's got, a million other things to talk about than work i got called out years ago at a, a friend's birthday brunch where i was talking to this guy and i think his girlfriend or something um and we were talking, I want to say for an hour and a half straight, like I was exhausting every possible area of conversation <laughs> and not without talking about what it was we did. Mm-hmm. And finally, I think just in the 11th hour of this, I was like, so what is it, you know, what is it you do do or what, what you know, whatever. And he got really weird with me and was like, you know, and in, in Europe, they consider that rude and they don't ask these questions. And, you know, um, you know, it's better off. They just ask each other, like, where they went on holiday last or something. And it's like, like, that's a less loaded that's question. Yeah. Like, like, oh, I mean, what kind of what kind of person am I? I'm like, hey, where'd you go on holiday lately? Like, I'm assuming that like everybody travels or whatever. Right. He just lectured me and really like just took the steam out. Like, I was like, all right, well, where'd you go on holiday? And then I don't think he went anywhere. <laughs> Such a, like... That's a little sensitive of that guy. I mean, oh, on, yeah. That's Especially a little, like that's a little overboard. Like, well, then you'd ask me about myself, I guess, since I'm doing right. all the heavy lifting on this conversation. Especially because we live in Hollywood where it's even tenfold, like in the first thing they ask you. you know, it's, like, <laughs> it's not even the first five minutes. Right. I should get points for not asking. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, I mean, how do you think if if it has at all in the time, even in the last five years since we last talked, has anything changed in Italy? I mean, in terms of like when I was there last year, not in Italy, but in Europe, I mean, the whole big story was the immigration thing and the, you know, the Syrians and everybody mm-hmm. coming up. So have you seen any of that kind of uh, issues or no, has technology I, changed anything? Um, well, technology has, I mean, technology has definitely changed a lot, like even just over, um, 
Yeah, I mean, you just like having having the you know having a smartphone. Like, I'm trying to think if you know I've been doing this since 2008, and I don't think because a lot of restaurants and things there they didn't have a website, they didn't have anything. Now it's a lot easier to just dial it up and like, hey, let me find that one restaurant and just just the GPS. Yeah, like there's no getting lost anymore. (laughs) You know, and it used to be for a while like. There was there was a brief period of time where like GPS was all the, like actual GPS was all the rage in cars and it was I remember like the company we always rent through it was always a hassle like sometimes they would insist on sending you the GPS before you lost left the states and then you'd have to take it with you and then bring it back and, and then sometimes they'd be like oh no you get it from the you know Europe car when you go there and then of course they try to tell you it's twice as much as it right. is because they're yeah, and you can only pay in cash. Um, and now it's like, oh, you don't even you got your phone. I mean, it, drain, it drains the hell out of your battery. Exactly. But now it, that's kind of interesting. Like getting lost is sort of impossible, <laughs> yeah. um, which is you know good, I guess. Um, but uh, you know, it's you know, the technology. You don't get to feel as disconnected. It's harder to feel as disconnected from things as you would maybe like without just like leaving your phone. You know, just leaving your phone behind. Checking your Wi-Fi. Well, I've learned this. You want to disconnect. Do a cruise ship gig. <laughs> you are off the grid, man. Wow. Well, Wi Fi is expensive on cruise ships, it's right? It's expensive and slow, yeah. That's the one thing, and, and it's the, it, that makes me feel, that make, that, makes me feel good about Italy and makes me love Italy yeah. is that the Wi-Fi there is still crappy. There's like so many spots where you only have one bar. No, I love it when I'm, if I'm on vacation, it's great. But I'm working, yeah. you know, so just like give us fucking Wi-Fi. Yeah, yeah. They, you know, they should throw we're that the employees. In. Let's, we're not here to tune out. You yeah. know, I need to get my mail. We're not here. We're here to distract <laughs> ourselves from what's going on between, the, you know, between when we wake up and when we do the show. Right. So like, so uh, walk me through the other uh, four blogs that you've done, the posts of the boot camp. So the first one was about just like, hey, think about um, – was just before you go, like, think about what you want to do. Here, here's my advice for an itinerary. I, I, I know we all love to do Rome, Florence, Venice, our first trip, but I honestly recommend doing a city, a town, and then someplace really remote, I think is like a nice sort of um, way, way to go about it because it really, like, for example, like, um, if, like Rome, Amalfi Coast – um, and then Ischia, which is an island off the Amalfi Coast, because that's like, hey, you're in a city, you've just landed, you may have forgotten something you need to buy. There's infrastructure. If you get all kind of discombobulated with jet lag, you can kind of always find food, you know, whatever it is. Um, then you go someplace that still has a little bit of infrastructure, but isn't as loud and noisy and is, you know, just, you know, different experience. And then you go to someplace where you feel like you're on the edge of the earth. Yeah. (laughs) You feel like, you feel like nobody knows where you are and that's just okay by you. And so that's kind of like, you know, one of my suggestions, my other suggestion is like, what does traveling mean to you? Like, think about, don't just go and do what everyone tells you to do. Like, what's going to say to you on the, on the plane ride back? Like I was someplace different and I had the experience I wanted to, because that really determines, I think, how you set your priorities when you travel. Um, you know, if you're really into, if you're really into wine, you don't want your first time in Italy to be in a region that's not known for wine. Right. You know, you, um, likewise, if you don't really care about wine, but you're really like, you know, active and stuff, then go to Cinque Terre, go do a hike and go someplace where the food's fine, but not, you know, the greatest. Um, and, uh, so I did, I did Rome. I did, that was my first, my first thing was like, Hey, no, before you go, 
think about it. My second thing was Rome. My uh, third one was Ischia, the island of Ischia. Um, fourth was Amalfi Coast. Fifth was Tuscany, which was a really long one because it's just like <laughs> – yeah. I mean there's so like – so many places in Tuscany to talk about. <laughs> so we talked about uh, Argentario, where I had been before. And did you make it there? Did you go? We did. We went there this past summer. Um, we went to Cap Albio first, which is on the coast by the Argentario, um, on the coast of Tuscany. And then we did two days on the Argentario after that. Okay. Um, what would so you think? I, um, I loved it. I mean, I love the whole... If you want, I mean, if there's any way to make Tuscany even more amazing, put it on the beach. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, like it's, it was really, it was really amazing. The town of Cap Albio itself is one of those, you know, really quaint hill towns. You get amazing food. The wine is great. It's, um, it's more Lino di Scanzano in that, that area. Um, you know, there's wineries. It's beautiful. You have all your hills and grapevines. And then there's the sea and it's gorgeous and you get all that. Um, sort of coastal culture too, like all that great, like fresh seafood and batarga yeah. and your, you know linguine. Um, we there in the summer? Yeah. Okay. I I love Italy in the summer. I got to be careful. My husband has skin cancer all the time. Like, oh no, really? Like, yeah, he's always like they peel Most... him like a potato six months out of the year. Like they just start ripping stuff off his body. So Irish that guy. He's so Irish, and I'm like, <laughs> let's go in the summer and sit on a beach. <laughs> you didn't get him his big like Italy hat, like a big sun hat, like uh, yeah, oh, fedora. He, he needs a big fedora. He's got a big hat, sombrero. He he's needs got a sombrero. Long sleeve shirts. I mean, yeah, he suffers through like it. an Asian woman walking out. He's got a, like a welder's mask. Looks like a gardener or something. <laughs> yeah, the gloves, the whole thing. <laughs> Poor um, guy, poor the, guy. I know, poor guy. It's what he does for love. Um, <laughs> so, how was yeah. Ischia? Because I'd never been, and you decided. I think in your blog, I read that you. Most people go to Capri, Capri, mm-hmm. Capri. I didn't say Capri. But, okay, but yeah. whatever, either. And or. you decided against it, or you did go and didn't like it, or you went to Ischia instead. We we ended up going to Capri for like an afternoon, and okay. it's not. This is this is another thing. I'm like skip. You know, I mean, if is it too touristy? The part there's there's a whole other section of the island that people don't go to as much, which I I hear is really wonderful. But I you know if you're going on a day trip, I think it's it's a lot to do in one day. But yeah, yeah. the the actual you land in Capri, <laughs> you actually the port you land in looks like Coney Island, hmm. and then when you walk up to the main town there, it looks like Rodeo Drive. You know, and it's it's just nothing but tourists. It's like one the the beach dock area is like one. Like crappy little cafe after another that just they all look the same and say, sell the same stuff. And then up at the top, it's just all stores you could shop in in America but can't afford to shop right. it in America. So why would you shop in them in Italy? I did get a great meal there though. Um, and we didn't get to see the Blue Grotto because um, what I didn't realize and I think most people don't unless you're on a tour and they're hooking it up for you is that you would take a boat to the Blue Grotto – and then you take a robot, like actually a, rob- a robot, a robot, <laughs> actually. Wait, back it up. What's yeah. this robot now? An Italian robot? I'm in. Yeah. So I'm on board. Roboto. Uh, <laughs> you, you get in a rowboat to go into the grotto because I think you have to lay down to get underneath it. Like, because oh. it's a grotto. It's a cave. Yeah. Which is, you don't. So what that means is that you have to get on the boat as long as the seas aren't too rough. 
which the seas sometimes are around there because these are the like the Odysseus killing seas or whatever, the ones that the sirens were supposedly off of, if you know your mythology. Oh, I've seen the movies. Yes. I saw Clash of the Titans once. <laughs> so so the seas are rough um, or can be. And then the, because of the tides, you can't get into the grotto at certain times because the water is too high. So you, it's sort of like a military operation. It's like a SEAL team thing, <laughs> endeavor time to it get perfectly. over there. You, you really kind of do. And so we didn't – the seas were too rough and by the, you know, the boats stopped running and then the tides came in or whatever. So we didn't get to do the Blue Grotto, which you know everyone says is amazing. Right. Although I don't know if I need to like lay down in a robot boat and go underneath a cave. I don't know if I want that experience in my life. <laughs> it feels a little like claustrophobic, but – what if you were protected by your robot leader, your Italian <laughs> robot leader? Yeah. So what? So Ischia, how did that happen? So we just had a friend who had been there, and she was like, "Don't." Uh, she was like, "Don't do." Um, yeah, skip Capri, go to Ischia, and we were like, we took a recommendation, and um, we're not unhappy at all. Like it, it's the type of Italian destination where when you get there and you hear Americans speaking English. Your first question is, how do you know about this place? <laughs> oh, no. You know, no, it's a good thing, though, because, you know, you go a lot of places, especially in high season, get really touristy and you kind of feel like you're not having as authentic an experience as you would probably like. Um, you know, you're like, you're like, well, it's nice that I'm talking to these people at my communal table, but I can talk to a guy from Boston and L.A. if I want, you know. Um, so so Iski was nice because the tourism there is largely German. Um, so you just feel like. If you want an experience of otherness, it's a nice experience of otherness as opposed to being someplace where everyone's speaking English and everyone's from America and yeah. it's just in a different location. Um, so it's it's the, the volcanic island too. And when you pull up, you can see uh, steam coming out of different places in the island. Um, there's, a, there's an old volcano called uh, Mount Epomeo in the middle. And so what that means is there's natural like hot springs and thermal baths all throughout oh, the cool. island. Yeah. Um, and just like, and I, you can, I was, I was in the water there and there's like a little fissure in the rocks and there's a sign there in Italian, which I can read, which of course I didn't read. And I just stick my foot in the, the ocean and <laughs> boiling water is <Yeah>. <laughs> coming out of this thing, which is kind of amazing that there's boiling water coming out of the earth. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and so then I sat a little bit further down where the water was just perfect. But, um, <laughs> you know, a lot of, and so it's a lot of spas, a lot of mud baths, um, a lot of thermal that sounds activity. Great. Yeah, it's great. There's, there's hiking, there's, um, there's wineries there. The food, um, the food's really good because of all the volcanic soil and a lot of some of the places the fish is really fresh if you want fish a lot of the places um they're growing their own fruits and vegetables and stuff to serve you for dinner and so it's an island but it's not can there's a bridge to it no no this is a this is a straight out island like an hour ferry ride away from um, where would you get the ferry you get the ferry in sorrento or in um naples oh yeah um, so one time we, we were supposed to take the ferry from Sorrento, but because of the seas, we had to go from Sorrento to Naples and then Naples to Ischia. Um, but, uh, yeah, so it's, it's, um, it's about an hour, I think hour and 10 minutes on the ferry. You can also, if you're really fancy, you can take your own boat there, which I saw some people doing when I was, uh, <laughs> when I was staying there, it was like out of an Agatha Christie mystery, like this, oh. we, this hotel we were at, we were just like sitting out on the dock by the water, sunning ourselves, swimming and stuff. And this like boat came up and like this, a sailboat or a motor like a like a big yacht motor boat kind of like not quite a yacht but like 
it was almost like, but big enough that like eight people got out of it. Like, oh, the, okay. like there was all this activity at the dock where like, you know, a couple of the staff members were like waiting there for a while and we're like, what's happening? And then this boat pulls up and just all these like crispy, crispily tailored Italians like got yeah. out. Like just, this is glamorous. And you're trying to figure out like, what's the, felt like, didn't feel like coworkers felt like. A, it was what's a, the dynamic? Yeah. Like what's Are the relationship? Are they a family? Are there, yeah. A little mm. bit like, you know, it felt like, Felt like might have been extended family. There was a couple of like an older couple and maybe some younger people. I don't know. It was just it was so fascinating. It was just if I liked yeah. boats more and didn't get seasick, like spending a summer going around the Mediterranean would be that's another dream of mine. Oh yeah, I mean just uh, island hopping. I would, yeah, I would get uh, tired of the ship though. I think. Have you uh, kind of, have you been to Corsica? I have not. No, this is a place I've been reading about lately, which seems kind of interesting because it seems half French, half Italian. Yeah. So. Well, there's Corsica. Was it Sardinia? Is the other one? Sardinia is actually Italy, though. Corsica, yes, I think, is its, its own French. thing. It's French, I believe, yeah. right? Corsica. Yeah. Yeah. I they, yeah. I guess so. Yeah. yeah. But like a lot of the a lot of the lang- it's got its sort of its own language almost, and a lot of the words sound Italian. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you have not been to Sardinia. No, that's another place we talk about going. We haven't yeah. been. Yeah. <sighs> if you can get your ass out of Tuscany once. <laughs> I would. I have God. done. I've done Puglia. Um, which is on the Adriatic coast, mm-hmm. uh, which is sort of the the boot, the heel of the boot, the right? heel of the boot. Yeah, what's that I, like? How that's got to be more like Sicily than most of the places, right? You he, would think. Puglia's beautiful. It's got that sort of. Um, we stayed in two different places. We stayed in a place called Polignano Amare, which is which was really fun to and talk about the authentic thing. It was. It felt like you were on the Cape. Like it felt like the people who were there were there were Italians on vacation and this is where they'd been coming for years and not like, oh, here's just another bunch of Americans slogging through a tourist destination. (laughs) You know, it just felt like, oh, no, these people, this is where they vacation with their families, which was fun. Um, And it had that sort of bleached out. The buildings had that great bleached out look that like you get like you see in pictures of Greece and stuff. Yeah. Um, There's a bunch of those in uh, Sicily too. You'd like that. That's oh yeah, cool. yeah. It's, it's it's beautiful, and actually, you could take a boat to Croatia from from Puglia, which um, which we could have done. Uh, and so it was, yeah. Puglia was great, um, great beaches. There was a cave restaurant. Um, we we st- like the place we stayed was um, it's just on a cliff, and and underneath the hotel was this cave where they had set up a restaurant. It was the most gorgeous thing. I've, oh. Yeah. One of the most amazing things I've ever seen. Like you're just in this cave with water on both sides and stuff. <laughs> and then from our room, we could see, we could see, we had the reverse angle on it. Um, and then the other part we went to in Puglia, we went to this place called the, um, the Gargano, which is a peninsula. It's like the spur on the heel of the boot. And, um, and that's just gorgeous. Just like you can do a two hour sea cave tour. Um, I'd get on a boat. <laughs> um, but uh what, what's your boat opinion are you uh, okay on them or are you a fan are you're not a fan i'm i am i'm fine with boats um i've only been seasick that first time going to ischia when the when the waves were that rough oh, okay and that was that was so brutal I, I i write about this on the blog it was it was so amazingly brutal that like, like it was a horror film inside that ferry <laughs> like people were screaming because it was hitting the water and oh, no. just everyone's vomiting and women are like oh. fanning men are fanning women and rubbing their backs and stuff <laughs> and somehow in the middle of all of this there's a man sitting with a briefcase next to me in his lap and he's just nodding off and falling asleep <laughs> 
<laughs> like he, and there's guys like handing out plastic bags up and down the aisles. Oh, this is my nightmare. It, it was total. It was terrible. And I was like, we're never coming back here. And then we went back two more times. So it was that was that was an isolated event. I promise. If you go to Ischia, just just try Check to go. The seas. Check the seas. Try not. And you go go closer to the summer. We were there in early May, so perhaps oh, that was okay. rough for rough right. for the waters. But uh, no, I don't mind the boats at all. Um, yeah, in Puglia, in Puglia was uh, Puglia was great. Like uh, Puglia was, um, yeah, Puglia was fun. We did um, almost three years ago. We did the north. We did like Emilia Romana and Bologna and Verona, um, kind of that whole whole chunk. And it, you know, Emilia Romana they they call like they say it has the best food in all of Italy. <laughs> oh well, that's that's a pretty big bold statement. It's a totally bold statement, and I would say <laughs> it has, it's the, the top three foods of all of Italy. Um, Where is this again? It's it's the province north of Tuscany. Okay. Uh, it's, so it's, in the center. Yeah, where okay. Bologna is. It's, oh, yeah, it's okay. south of... I heard Bologna has amazing food. Bologna does have amazing food, amazing cheese. The pasta is unbelievable. Um, the wines are good. Bologna was fun, too. It had that... Um, it, it felt like Boston to us. It had that... Like, <laughs> right. we've never... like we Just this... Like, Bunch of mass holes walking around in Red Sox caps. I guess that is sort Tom of a Brady. negative connotation. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. It's, um, Apologies to everybody in Boston. I know you're not the... It, you know, it was just we've never really made friends when we've gone like we have on this trip and um, and this trip that we did. When, and we, we were in Bologna and there was this kind of like sort of cafe bar across from our hotel and we were walking back down the small street. and It was kind of late and we go in the wrong hotel door to a hotel. And this guy, all these people are kind of spilled out into the street smoking and drinking, uh, but like not kids, like adults. And this guy kind of pulls us aside and goes, no, you want that door. And we're like, oh, okay. And we get up to the room and we're still jet lagged. And we're like, we're not really tired. And we're like, let's go back across the street for a drink. And it was just the type of place where I like left my purse with my passport and all my cash in it on a table. It was like <laughs> outside and we're drinking and I'm dancing and we're talking to people and some guys smoking a joint. And like when we finally like go to pay the bill, I don't think we even paid because, like, the next thing we knew is, like, instead of a check, we were getting shots of vodka. <laughs> like, it was – and I don't drink vodka and neither does my husband. And we were like, all right. Hey. <laughs> when in Bologna. Yeah, when in Bologna. <laughs> it was just kind of that environment. Like, oh, that sounds fun. Yeah. The, the, whole, um, the whole kind of weekend was, like, people were just very friendly and just wanted to have a good time. and But not in an annoying, like, way. When the shots came out, the Boston analogy really made sense. <laughs> it was, and like I said, I left my, my purse on the table, which is like so like a thousand things could have gone wrong. Oh, with yeah, that, absolutely. Nothing, nothing went wrong with it. Just <laughs> sat on the table. Till I was ready to pick it up. My passport and all my stuff was still in it. <laughs> well, I, I wanted to ask you about for people who go to the blog and they they're looking for advice. Uh, there's a million ways to travel and, you know, you can backpack really totally low budget and then there's a super high end. Where do like where you and your and Chris stay like where in the like in the hotels do you don't do do you do guest houses what's your average kind of budget like um, so people know what to what to expect you know i i don't think you know it, it depends like there's you know there there's um there's some i would say that there's some good deals and then there's definitely some splurges there like mm-hmm. there's places we've stayed where I think it was 150 euros a night. And depending on the rate of exchange, that could be $150 a night. And the rooms were fantastic and we loved the hotels and, you know, um, would recommend and go back there and stuff. Um, 
And then there, you know, there are places, you know, if you're going to Ischia in high season, you're, I mean, even, even the, the rustic place, I'm putting that in quote, air quotes, <laughs> even the more rustic place, as I'll call it, the more charmingly rustic place was probably a couple hundred bucks, you know, just it's, you know, some of the places are open four months a year. That's when they make their money. So right. are you doing Airbnb at all on your travels? You know what? I don't, I was thinking, I, I, I had that thought on the way over here and I realized that I probably don't because I used to work on when I was on at midnight we had a we had a game called Scare BNB that oh, I think no. I had created actually about <laughs> um like where people would give taglines for really creepy Airbnb photos and stuff. And so I feel like just doing all the research required for that, just pr- and, and then coming up with all the taglines probably turned me off from the experience. <laughs> but I would I know I do have friends who've had great stayed at great Airbnbs in Rome. Um, you know, yeah, without a doubt. And then I also know friends who are like, just like, no, I'll get the hotel. Thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't, you know, <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> so if you and Chris go to a new town that you've never been to before in Italy, I mean, when you, how much research into a restaurant do you do in that, for that particular town? Or do you just wing it and just go and this place looks good and you just go in there and find it on your own? It, well, it, it's, I've definitely found that it, is I in recent years I've wished we did more research um, because there are some you know you there there are like these like really charming experiences that you can have um, I we we were in Multipulciano which is a pretty big town in Tuscany and um, and we got a recommendation from someone to go eat dinner in this like little town next town over about ten kilometers away. And, um, and we were, it was a group of us. We had two different cars and everyone was kind of like, some people were like, why can't we just eat here? And somebody's like, no, who wants to eat here? This is touristy. And then we got lost going there. And then, and then when we finally got <laughs> Wi-Fi and could actually map it, everybody started checking their Facebook. Right. And, and Chris was, who was driving was like, get off of Facebook and uh. help me find this place. And we get to the town and we finally run up to the restaurant and they're like, sorry, we're full. Like, it's not. They don't squeeze you in there. And the people are going to eat for a couple of hours. It's like that was all they could do. And we were like, oh, what are we going to do? And so we like leave the restaurant and everyone's now fighting again. And I just see in a window of the restaurant across the street, they're pouring pasta into a cheese wheel. (laughs) And, and and cooking the hot pasta in the cheese wheel so that it like that's how they're making their cacio a pepe. And I was like, y'all can do whatever you want in here. <laughs> I'm like, I didn't They're even cooking care. cooking pasta in the cheese wheel. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be amazing. There. there was another place uh, where we were in this place called Popi, and it was lunch hour. And as you know, in Italy... Like the lunch hour is like you. They're only serve until about two thirty, and after that, like you're gonna you're on your own yeah, till dinner. Right. There's, then you're gonna get a, a slice of pizza or something, which I guess <laughs> is fine, but not while you came to Italy. Mm-hmm. And we showed up at the town of Popi. It was a Sunday. It was like raining. It was around you know noon or one or something, and it was like a ghost town. Like we didn't. We walked around for ten minutes. We didn't see a soul. It was creepy. And then we we're like, what are we gonna do? And we could hear like far off. I'm not even kidding. Like like. Like the sound of like knives and forks cutting on a plate, like we just like <laughs> and we just followed it like cats or something. Like a siren song. And then we got this like great little restaurant, and it was like six euros for gnocchi with any sauce you wanted, and oh. eight euros for a carafe of wine. It was fantastic. <laughs> so like you get those experiences, but I've also been like 
in Venice where the food isn't as good. And if you don't know where you're going, you're going to have a expensive, mediocre meal or really expensive, mediocre meal. And so there are things like chow hound. Chow hound can be really good. I'm really bad about that. My husband's good, better about that, like trying to find like here's the top three places that chow hound said, you know, we should eat here. Okay. So those are always I, I find it's always good to have those as backup because as charming as those other stories are like, oh, look at this little discovery I made. It's also you don't want to end up in Venice eating at Harry's like I did. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah. Have you have you been to Harry's? The famous Harry's bar? Yes. Where, no, I have not. No. <laughs> we um, – Again, this falls under like just you'll figure out how to pay for it somehow. Um, we it was very close to our hotel, and this old man who was very well traveled, who was complaining about the price of everything and how bad the food was at this place and that place, had said something like, "Oh, have you gone to Harry's?" And we're like, "No, should we go?" He's like, "Well, everybody has to go once," and so somehow we took that as a recommendation <laughs> because. We were like, he's Doesn't very mean well you have traveled. To eat there. Just go there, have a drink, or you know. I guess, but they have they have such a scam going on there. Oh, really? Like they they herd you in. Like don't they don't give you a moment to think, to like really kind of like take possession of your senses and go. You know what? I don't want to do this. Um, they really just you walk in that door and they've got you in a table and it's small too. I don't know how they do it and it's ridiculously expensive <laughs> and not that great. And it was late. Again, it was probably like 10 o'clock at night. And the la- night before, we'd gotten really lost going back to our hotel. So I was like, we're just going to shut up and have a good time and like tell the story someday. Like, this is fine. Like, you know, like you're just going to you're just going to going to give into it because we're here. Right. Yeah. Is um, are you I'm sure we talked about this last time you were here. But I mean, are you the you know the state of mind that I am in terms of Venice of like a day or two and then you're done? It's good. <laughs> Yeah, You've seen it. Yeah, kind of. I think yeah. unless again, do some research. I like. I that was one thing I wish we had gone out to the islands, which I hear were really wonderful. And like we were there a day and a half, which was kind of perfect. Um, although there was still some stuff there we could have done. We didn't do the Doge's Palace. Um, you know, I mean, my husband's really into that kind of stuff. Um, we we went to the Guggenheim, which was great, and we took a gondola ride, which I recommend, even though it's the most touristy thing in the world. <laughs> right. It's really lovely, and uh, we had done St. Mark's Basilica and stuff. But like, I think if we had had an extra day, I hear the islands are really wonderful. I mean, yeah, like when you're when you're in Venice and the weather's actually good, that means there's also a ton of tourists, and that can be just really overwhelming. Yeah. Um, and I think from Venice, you can take a a, a ferry to Croatia as well. Oh. Istria is the peninsula there that's really close. It's mm-hmm. right over. You just take it from Trieste, and then you just got to go through a bit of uh, Slovenia, and then you're in Istria, and that's the wine and foodie region of uh, of Croatia. Croatia. Oh, a friend of mine just bought a house there. Wow. So we may have a little... little in. Little, oh, that's And nice. I know a chef there, and I know a uh, guy who owns a winery who did this show before. Really? I interviewed one. I went to his winery. His family was wonderful, and they make good wine, so... Oh, I got hookups for you if you. Oh, want that to go. sounds great. Yeah, Who knows? you would love it. It's very Italy-like. The food's very similar. Uh, you know, oh, the yeah. Romans ran all that whole thing. You know, at one point. It, yeah, they they, <laughs> they they spread some good ideas yeah, along they, with yeah. the terror. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and good prosciutto. The yeah. prosciutto is really good. That's um. That might. I, I'm I'm really getting to the point where I'm like, why don't I just use my miles and get a ticket and figure out when I want to come back later. <laughs> Like I'm, I'm at that that stage of but the, the year. But the, the cat, the cats. I know. What oh, is no, going to happen to the cats? <laughs> Do you guys have a plan? Like, you know, we got eight more years, or like anything like that. Uh, I don't before know. Before LA just 
you know, pisses you off so much that I mean, I mean, sort of like, you know, I, I like to think that some of the stuff I'm working on now will like pay, be sort of pay up, be able to pay off down the road. Like I'll be able to come back and write books. Like, oh, yeah. you know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Um, so that I can do it from anywhere. Um, but I, you know, I don't know. It's so, I, I, it's, you know, no matter how much money you make in LA, it's never really enough. Look at David Milch, right? What 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 he do now? He's he blew a hundred million dollars gambling. Okay. He, <laughs> I'm trying to be sympathetic, but I can't. I can't be. I know. Just give me one percent of it, please. I feel like gambling is the one addiction. That people are like, okay, now you lost me. Yeah, like everybody's like, all right, no, it's not the, it's not him, it's the drugs talking, or no, it's an illness, or no, uh, all right, you lost me. That's just yeah. all about, I guess, a, it's just adrenaline rush, really, isn't it? It's a, that's what they're addicted to. It's like the high of trying to, it's they get the buzz off it, I guess, of risk. Yeah, probably. Yeah, probably. Yeah, I never, I don't have that. Thank God. No, no, I, mean, I no, I'm too like. I like my money. Yeah. <laughs> I like my money where I can drink. Right. <laughs> yeah. Well, let's talk about that now. Well, let's, we'll, we'll end it up with, with that one. Uh, something near and dear to your heart and liver. Yeah. Uh, I know you're a wine fan. So give me your top three regions of your, your favorite wine regions. This is so much fun because I just, <laughs> wrote, I just wrote a segment about this in my book. Okay. Um, Which book? The book Under the Tuscan Gun. And I wrote about... Um, I compared my top three wine regions to Italy um, to two bands. Like it's like asking who, what your favorite wine okay. in Italy is like is like asking picking the Stones and the it, Beatles it, or the yeah, okay got it, it. It's, yeah it's like it's like pick it's like saying well what's your favorite band well like what genre are we talking what what, right. what year and yet I still I still centered everyone in classic rock pretty much but um, for some reason <laughs> I'm well, in I like this well well yeah no it was a whole thing actually um, hopefully this won't piss my editor off that I'm talking about this <laughs> maybe it'll be just like a nice tease for anyone okay. who wants to hear it um, so so basically like Barolo's like the Beatles. Like if you don't like the Beatles, everybody and you don't knows like, it. Yeah, you can't go wrong. It. Yeah, sure. everybody likes it. If you don't like it, there's something kind of weird with you. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's a classic. It's nice. It's pleasing. To, if something for everyone, it's pleasing to everybody. Barolo. Barolo. Uh, like where's a, that? A, a, in, in the ter- Piedmont region up north. Piedmont like, region. Yeah, very. Um, it's in near Torino, where the um, oh, yeah. the Olympics were. Sure. Um, uh, great hiking too. You can yeah, hike the mountains. Yeah, you're there. near the Alps up there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's one of, and it's also one of those places where people still like kind of speak German a little bit because the borders went back and forth. So it's like if you're talking Italian wines, it's like talking music and not mentioning the Beatles to not mention <laughs> Barolo, right? Um, but still, like I feel like it's not really my favorite. Like I feel like the wines of Tuscany, without a doubt, are like are much more um, are much more like David Bowie. Okay. Like it's it's sort of like there's a many lot genres. of variety, many genres, a lot of variety. It all depends on like what soil it grew in, how much air it got. Like you can, it's one grape pretty much throughout all of Tuscany. Sexually um, ambiguous. Yeah, <laughs> Sangiovese. Yeah, <laughs> it's uh, it is. I mean, there's there's other grapes obviously, but the big you know the Brunellos, the the Rosos, um, or maybe actually I'm just talking Brunello and Rosos. I don't remember. It was in the book. <laughs> But it's, it's, it's one grape, it's Sangiovese, but it, it changes. It's a chameleon depending on what kind of soil it grew in and what was the exposure to the wind and what was the exposure to the sun and how much rain it got that year and stuff. And so it, it like takes on different characteristics and stuff. 
But then I also find that like the Alianicos of Campania to be like the doors, like something where you're like, oh, there's something kind of dangerous and weird and big about this. Um, and, you know, kind of like it's kind of the earthy quality of Jim Morrison's voice and stuff. Um, and I realize I lose some people with the doors, but then you lose some people with Alianicos. They're really big. They're not for everybody. Um <laughs> And then, like you, have, I like this. I want more bands. Well, you have you have all your indie upstarts, right? Like, okay. You have all your like indie bands that you kind of like and kind of raw and don't have the exposure, and those are all your like your Solice Salentinos and Puglia and stuff, and <laughs> you know the random wines you get when you go into some of the smaller regions. Um, and then, like, yeah, basically anything. I know I spend a lot of time on ancient bands, but like anything, uh, I don't like. Yeah, I'm like, well, I don't, I'm not a fan of new wines, and I'm not a fan of new bands. I guess that's the point. <laughs> There's you know? no new hip-hop region? There's no, like, something funky that's... Uh... Well, I, f- I feel like that's California. <laughs> you know, <laughs> okay. like... Right. I feel like, and, uh, I feel like new, I feel California wines are the pop music of, of <laughs> wines, and they're like, eh, you're just trying too hard. You've got too much oak and too much, like, auto-tune in there. Is there any domestic and, one you like? I mean, I do like, I, you know, I, I do enjoy... Um, I should say, like, there, are, there are, you know, when I go to Napa or Santa Barbara or someplace, there are always wines. There's always wines I enjoy. Um, I just find that, like, more often than not, a lot of it's it's a business. A lot of it's you know meant to be shipped to, shipped to supermarkets, and they want this consistency of taste for year after year, and that means that it's like it's a wine that's made. They don't just take the grapes they're given and make the wine based on the year. They take the grapes they're given and they make it in the um, they make it in the barrel. Are you all about the reds, or uh, you're more red? I think, right? I'm. I mean, I'm definitely more red, but I appreciate a good dry white too. You know, I'm nothing <laughs> okay. wrong with a Sancerre and some oysters on a hot day. We got to get you down to South America. Yeah, you would love Buenos Aires. I know. I um. I've talked about going. I love the fact that it's summer there when it's winter here. That seems like a good thing. Yeah, <laughs> it is. It is. Uh, okay, so your next trip. When is it? Where? Where is it going to be? I um possibly I was thinking Lecce and then Sicily. Lecce is in the um Lecce is in the bottom of Puglia and we went there one day and had a miserable time, but I don't blame Lecce for that too much. Um, <laughs> do you blame was, Chris? Who do you blame for this? You know, it was your robot guide. My Who was robot it? guide. It was about a hundred degrees. Oh, that'll man, you wanna see me get a, a <laughs> short fuse traveling? It's heat more than anything. Like I get you know, I don't get hangry that much. But it's, it's the heat. Heat yeah. just snaps. I'll just my fuse gets short, man. It was um, it was it was very hot. We were there kind of too early for lunch, which meant that we couldn't really like if we if we'd gotten there right at lunchtime, it would have been like, well, let's go somewhere for two hours and eat and drink, and then this heat will yeah. be nothing. Um, it's amazing how that kind of smooths over everything, doesn't it? <laughs> really, that's the great thing about Italy. Yeah. It's like this day's going terrible. Well, let's just well, go get a bottle. Can only take the two hour lunch with fabulous food and wine. <laughs> oh well, yeah, that that'll cheer me up. Yeah. I think. <laughs> I know. Yeah, that'll put a little sunshine in my day. It's it's um it's totally true. Uh that's uh yeah, what what more can you want out of life than a vacation? <laughs> it's true. Yeah, so so Lecce was and it was just just a strange, but I know a couple people who've been who just loved it. And so I'm like I'm willing to accept that you know, I didn't have the best uh best time there, but mostly out of my own devices. Yeah. You know. So I'd, I'd check it out maybe when it's not 100 degrees. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, uh, say where the blog is again and anything else you want to plug. Oh, I know you're doing a show next week. I am doing a show next Actually, week. Actually, next week would be this week when this comes out. So yeah. plug your show. Um, well, I'm, I, 
I, my blog is tessrafferty.com. I actually do a podcast, too, called oh. Regrets Only uh, with Laura House. Uh, the very funny Laura House, funny who has also been on the show. And talking about India and yes. Thailand and stuff, right? Yeah, she's awesome. Uh, we, we have a different guest on every week. And we talk about our regrets. So <laughs> if, you, if you're willing to go on, we'd love to have you on if you want to talk about, if you're willing to talk uh, about regrets, things you regret. I have a few. <laughs> so uh, and you can find us on Twitter at, um, at Regrets Only Pod. We're also on Facebook. And, um, Are you writing any TV gigs? I know you're a big uh, TV writer. That's your bread and butter. I know, but I'm not, and I'm kind of afraid that I never want to do it again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I just love working out of the house. To get up it's in the nice. morning, I have a yogurt and a latte and start working. And- you got to be disciplined, though. It's really hard, though. I mean, it's so easy to not do anything. <laughs> it, no, it, 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 re- it is really hard. It's really easy. Um, but I've, I've finally, after however many years as being a writer, I finally found a system that works for me. Well, uh, tell me, because okay. I'm looking for something. It's, um, I, br- I, I break everything up into an hour okay. because I feel like you can do anything for an hour. So, um, so what I've found is that like, I'm like, okay, well, I'm going to work on this for, I'm going to work on this for an hour. And if at the end of the hour, if I'm stuck or I don't like what I'm doing, I don't have to come back to it. But a lot of times after the hour, you're like, you got a groove and you like what you're doing and stuff. And so now that I'm adjusted to that, like I, I basically write for about three hours a day, which I know doesn't seem a lot. I, I write pretty solidly for that three hours. I don't think a lot about it. Um, I'm, I'm very good about like, just get it on paper and you can always go back and change it. Um, and occasionally I'll push it to four, but I find that I kind of get a little tired and burnt, you know, it's, it's a lot of mental work. So I just have, it's on my to-do list. Like I, I always do it the night before because I feel like if you wait till the night, the day to do your to-do list, you're kind of, you're, you're already screwed and it'll be like, it's right there. Like everything that I have to do, even the mundane is like, if I put, I'm going to meditate on my to-do list, then I'm like totally OCD. So to me, it's all about just crossing something off. So I will yeah, meditate if I know it's something that I get to cross off. <laughs> Have you done Laura's uh, meditation thing? I haven't yet because um, I'm not – it's, it's, it's a relatively new thing with me and I, I like the little apps. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I like the little apps. I can put them on my phone and listen to something. There's a meditation app? Oh, there's a bunch. Oh, really? Yes. Headspace is out. the latest one I'm doing. There's mindfulness. There's all oh. sorts of different ones. And is it just like uh, mantras or what's in the – I mean, yeah. I mean, some of them, like, some of them are just like, I, I prefer guided. If if mine's not guided, then I just think about other things, which is my problem. But they will take you through, um, like, there are, pe- there are some that just go, okay, we're just going to breathe. And they just take you through breathing for 10 minutes with do some counting or whatever. And some that do body scans. And, you know, Deepak Chopra always does one where he talks about why we need to let go of our whatever for a minute and a half and then he gives you a mantra uh, i mean there's there's many out there and there's some that are how do you get used to impermanence or working with thoughts or you know whatever whatever it is you imagine you're a mountain <laughs> you know there's like there's so many there's there's um almost as many meditation apps as there are comedians with podcasts exactly yeah <laughs> It's um there's a have you seen the this uh, there's a meditation studio that just opened up here no. on La Brea? The no. Den Meditation. Yeah, uh, I don't know why I'm giving them a free plug, but uh <laughs> I walked by it and I was like, that is the most LA thing I've ever seen. Uh it was just a room. I guess it's it's just group meditation, it's guided meditation. But it's a beautiful room. I mean it looks like a yoga studio, and I think there's some yoga involved in some of the classes, but all these different kinds of I had no meditation idea. Meditation and stuff. The different 
different kinds of meditation. For some people, it's like the gym. And it's writing, too, for some people. is like, like, yeah. like some people, like they have to go to the gym so they work out. And they have to go take a class so they do it. Or they have to go to a cafe so they write. And with me, I'm like, if I have to leave my house, I'm not going to do any of it. <laughs> so, like like I've, I've started running. Be- not because I like to run. I hate it. But because I'm like, well, I don't have to get in my car to go run. Um, and the same thing with writing. I'm like, I like a lot of people get distracted at home. I like writing at home and I, and I set on my to-do list. I'm like, I'm going to do three hours on this tomorrow, or I'm going to write for two hours on this project and then spend one hour on, on my show, which is next Friday night at yes, uh, Actors Comedy Studio. Okay. Talk about that. A bit. Um, what is that? But, uh, but that's okay. And, and then I just, but I just do it because it's on my list and I have that sense of accomplishment when I cross thing off a to-do list. Right. Um, I, no, I, I love crossing things off. Yeah. So that's my advice to you is like, if you just tell yourself, you know, you're going to just, just, and start with an hour, just be like, I'm going to write whatever the idea is. I've, I haven't, I haven't been working, like I haven't gone into an office for the last year. And the great thing about that is it's been a great way to clear your bucket list off of projects writing wise. Like you're just like, oh, this is an idea that I never had time for. Let's, you know, right. let's well, get into this. Apparently it's causing the cats uh, some stress. <laughs> it is. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to go back to my messages to see if anyone's called me with the results of my fecal test. <laughs> oh, no. Yeah, those are, so those awful. Are, I know it's almost Ooh. as great as yeah bringing it bringing it into the office. Well, what is the show on Friday? So the show is called An Evening of Me, and it is just a series of um, essays I've done at different shows around town. I, I did a show last year twice where the people had to write their own obituary, um, which is very <laughs> dark. But I was I was just so tired of like. I thought like, you know, now that we have Facebook in our lives, when people die, it's just this like outpouring of grief that um, is sweet, but also sort of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? I don't want to say redundant. It's sort of ineffectual. The person's well, dead. Yeah. It's, it's to help you grieve. And I get that. But the person never gets to hear anything, any of this stuff when they're alive, which is sad. Mm-hmm. Um, and then my, my favorite was somebody like wrote after... <laughs> After some one Super Bowl on Facebook, somebody posted on a dead person's Facebook page, "Hey buddy, just wanted to let you know the Pats won, <laughs> but you probably already know that." Oh. <laughs> and this is this is someone I must be friends with because it was on my feed, right? So I was That's... like, "Why don't we just try to? I want to like just take control of the whole dying process and write my obituary or my eulogy now." So, um, so it's literally just I'm like I just I've written a lot of things over the years, a lot of essays for different shows that I've actually really loved and don't get to perform that much because when else are you going to be doing an essay show where the theme is criticism or something? And and I wrote this obituary and I I write jokes when I do submission packets for people mm-hmm. that never that I love and I'm proud of and they never see the even if I were to get the job they're never going to be used because it's all topical. So I'm like, so I'm going to do some of the jokes that I've that nobody else in town has liked but me, <laughs> and I'm going <laughs> to read my obituary and I'm going to do some of my favorite essays and I'm going to have people out in an hour. Well, that'd be fun. Yeah, yeah, I love that part of the thing. It's like you wrote like three times and you will be done in an hour, yeah. less than an hour, less than an hour because yeah, you because you know we've all seen those shows. We're like, when's it let out? Yeah. <laughs> It's, so, so it's asking a lot of people. It is still is asking a lot of people to give up a lot of their time. You know? I, I think so, and I think there's just a point where it ceases to be fun. I feel like if you can't – all people need of you is 45 minutes, 50 with laughs. I tell that to every booker. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, can you do an hour? I can, but do you want an hour? Yeah. Does anybody want an hour? 
I was yeah, those comics that were like, no man, I got to do my hour. Do you? Yeah. Do you have to do your hour? How about a tighter forty-five? I think we're all nobody's ever complained that the show was too short ever. No, ever. no, we one of our one of our very good friends who was a big Boston headliner. Um, he's no longer among us, but he would go up. He would do 35, and if someone called him on it, he'd be like, oh, oh, really? Yeah. Oh, God, I guess that went fast. That's genius. Yeah. That's great. <laughs> That's great. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, the only ones we complain were colleges usually because there were kids, and they said, you know, it says here you had to do one hour. It's like, all right, even if no one's listening. But, yeah. And that's what I learned after it's like, okay, I'll, I'll talk for an hour. I can't tell you it's going to go good. So I would do an hour and one minute, you know, just – out to the minute just go so they can pull that on you go hey you didn't do your contract i did an hour it wasn't good but i did it you pay me um well thanks for doing (laughs) this thank you so much for having me no it's great and uh testrafferty.com testrafferty.com yes and if they want to go right do so it's uh, listed there as as the boot camp I got a. I'm people very technology challenged. Italy I got to get like a nice little map on the side so people can click right on the boot camp. But right now it's it's the top story, so okay, it's there. You can scroll through the stuff. I don't I I don't blog post that much. It's right now. I think it's the majority on on there. Do we have a time frame on these uh, books that are coming out? God, I I really hope one sells this spring because that would be nice. <laughs> <laughs> like I keep going oh yeah I'm going back to Italy and then I think well, you and what money <laughs> like, but there, there'll be links at the website for when the book comes out hopefully people will know yeah <laughs> <laughs> hopefully it won't be like my last book which came out in the shadow of a natural right. disaster but you're on Twitter too and you'll announce it I am at yeah at Tess Rafferty on Twitter okay. um, that's, that's probably the best way to find me is at yeah. Tess Rafferty on Twitter because my Facebook's kind of personal like friends like people I know in IRL Okay. You know? <laughs> well, we'll have links to it on our site too. Oh, thank you. So, all right, all right. Thanks for having me back. This was wonderful. No, it was great to see you. Tess Rafferty, everyone.